Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode in this new year with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I am joined by Dr. Dan Lieberman, who is a clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at George Washington University. He is the co-author of the international bestseller, The Molecule of More, which has been translated into 20 languages. He's also the author of the recently published Spellbound, Modern Science, Ancient Magic, and the Hidden Potential of the Unconscious Mind. I am super excited to have Dr. Dan here on the show, and I want to share a tiny excerpt from his most recent book. It says, to really understand the influences of the unconscious, we need to look to something often considered science's alter ego, magic. And so, Dan, welcome to the show. Let's bring on the magic. Thanks for having me, Sharon. It's great to be here. So, I mean, there is just so much that we could talk about, but what I would love to first do is open it up and allow you to share. I, I understand you've had a, some sort of a brush with burnout yourself. So why don't we start with that and then we'll take it from there. Sure. You know, I, I think so many of us have been struggling with burnout as we cope with the COVID pandemic, um, things that we've never had to cope with before, the challenges, and it's been quite hard on medical professionals. And that's when I experienced my burnout. Um, trying to sort of push forward through all of the difficulties associated with COVID, uh, the fallout um, both to the healthcare system and economically. And I found that I, I was really not getting the same kind of satisfaction from my work as I had been before. Mm. And uh, I realized that I was burning out. And, you know, thank goodness for all of the publicity about burnout around this time that we can identify and say, okay, it's here. Now, what am I going to do about it? And for me, it was an eye-opening experience. It made me realize that it just wasn't the pandemic that was causing problems, that I had sort of gotten myself in a rut. Um, I, I was a full-time professor at George Washington University. I'd been there for 26 years. Wow. And what I'd realized is that I had squeezed that orange dry, mm -hmm. um, that there was really no nowhere else for me to grow in that situation. And so I decided, I made the extremely hard decision after 26 years, after devoting the bulk of my career to the university, that it was time to roll the dice, to say goodbye 
and create an opportunity for new things to happen. So this happened right around COVID. And is that when you kind of went away and said, I'm going to write a book? Uh, not exactly. Not exactly. You know, I, I think that my unconscious mind had been preparing me for a big change in my life and my career by shifting me towards more of a communicating with the general public than mm. just communicating with my peers. You know, as an academic, I've written so many papers and I'm lucky if a few dozen people ever read them. Mm. And they can take years to write. It can take two, three years to do uh, a clinical trial and collect the data, analyze the data, write it up. And then is anybody ever gonna read it? Sometimes it feels like no. But so I decided, look, I've got these ideas. I think they're important ideas. I want to spread them. And so I'm going to write them in a way that's accessible to everybody. And that really led to a shift in my priorities. Mm. I'm so glad that you said that because my idea for 2023 is to bring on a lot of people who are in the position that you were in. They are doing incredible work in the world and very few people are hearing about the studies that they're doing, the evidence that they're finding. Uh, and these are things that can help the rest of us. And so I want to bring more of you guys onto the show to really share that with the general public, because I think, you know, yeah, you've put so much into it. We should all know about it. So that's part of why I reached out to you. Uh, so I'm actually really excited to hear about the conscious mind and how it relates to burnout. And I really appreciate you sharing about your version of burnout sounded like a, at least in part, losing that sense of satisfaction. And I wonder if that's related to not having your work be acknowledged more um, publicly or by more people, because you do spend so much time working on a study. And if you then write something about it and it's taking you two, three years to put it together and like, 12 people see it, does that lead to burnout, would you say, for academics? I, I think that that's a big part of it. Um, you, you know, my, my, my first love is teaching. And I think of writing for the general public as a form of teaching. And when we think about universities, we think about them as a place to learn. But in fact, teaching is not really valued within a university. What's primarily valued is the ability to get grants because federal grants bring in lots and lots of dollars, far more dollars than simply the cost of covering the expenses associated with the research. Um, and, and so I think that that was a big part of it. The, the thing that I loved, the thing that I was good at um, was not something that was valued. And um, that that can be frustrating. Yeah. So actually... It is a pretty well-known fact that one of the factors that leads people to burnout is that lack of recognition, the lack of acknowledgement that you get when you're spending so much time, effort, energy, in. you're pouring all of this love into your work and then like nobody is like, yay, that's amazing. Thank you so much, right? Like that's what we all crave. So we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. And, um, you know, you made the decision and now that you're not in it and you're doing your own thing, what happened to the burnout? So, um, 
so this happened pretty recently. Uh, I, my last day was June 30th. So I, I've been away for about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I made the decision to leave, uh, a whole bunch of tasks fell on my plate. Um, and, and I didn't have a lot of time. I made the decision to leave one or two months before my contract expired. Uh, and so I had to put together an alternative, w- which currently is a private practice, very, very quickly. And, and it was an enormous amount of work. And it felt great. It felt great because I had a project on my plate that was both challenging and meaningful. And as I'm sure you know, those are the conditions that tend to provoke the flow state, yes. which in some ways is the exact opposite of burnout. That's when you are just absolutely in love with the work that you're doing and it's bringing out the best in you. Um, so it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then I got through the hard part and, and it kind of got a little bit too easy. And now I'm looking for ways to make it a little bit harder again. All right. <laughs> So, you know, you're not somebody who shies away from hard work. Uh, You are definitely in tune with your own self and you know what kinds of things you're passionate about and what really draws you in. And you're looking for more challenges in your life. And for those of you who are listening, who aren't familiar with the flow state, it's really about engagement. And uh, one way that we classify it is if you've ever had the experience where you are doing a task and the time just flies by and you're like, where did two hours go? That means you've been in this state of flow where you're just so in it that you like everything else gets drowned out. Right. So that is actually optimal performance for, for work. That's what we're all kind of striving for. And we can only uh, do that in like increments of time. So, you know, we, the goal is to get into a state of flow maybe once or twice a day and really chunk your work so that you can get more stuff done. And absolutely. I love that you brought that up. So now I want to switch gears and I want to talk about the subconscious mind, because I know you just wrote a book on this. And, and so congratulations on that. Um, And Yeah. And I'm excited and I'm sure that, you know, you'll you'll have a lot of things to share with us, but I also want to bring it back to burnout. And I know that there are some things that you're here to debunk for us. So um, please share with us, you know, from your expertise, what is it about the subconscious mind that we really need to know to maybe, um, maybe some of the things that are leading us to burnout and maybe some of the things that we can do to avoid it. Sure. So maybe if I could just start out um, by just briefly trying to give people a sense of just how important the unconscious mind is. Um, First of all, the majority of the processing power in your brain is located in the unconscious mind. The conscious mind can only uh, process about 50 bits per second. Uh, Another way of saying that is that we can only have one train of thought at a time. Um, If you're reading a sentence in a book, you can't plan what you're making for dinner at the same time. The conscious mind is very limited. The unconscious mind is far more powerful. Um, It can process about half a million times uh, more information per second than the conscious mind because it runs things in parallel. All right. Incredibly powerful. Let, Let me give you a sense of how important it is. If you think about you at your best and that might be during the flow state but you you're creative 
you're happy, you're productive, you're kind, you're compassionate, you're insightful. Mm. Um, this is what we are at our best. Um, how do you bring that about? How do you make that happen? Well, the answer is you can't. That's not something you have conscious control over. That is your unconscious mind kicking into gear and cooperating with you in order to bring out your best. So the very best that's in you is not in your control and you're dependent on your unconscious to have that come out. By the same token, for most people, their worst enemy is themselves. We mm -hmm. all engage in self-destructive activities. We all undermine our own well-being uh, constantly. And we're not choosing to do that. We're not going to say, oh, I'm going to wreck my life. Oh, I'm going to ruin my health. Oh, I'm going to sabotage this relationship. No, it's our unconscious mind doing it. So the very best of us and the very worst of us is our unconscious mind. And our poor conscious mind is kind of trapped uh, between these two iron plates getting squeezed. And so if we want to have a happy, successful life, we need to acknowledge this unconscious mind and we need to learn how to work with it productively. 100%. And I bet everybody listening to this is now like, on the edge of their seat. And they're like, tell me, how do I do this? Right? Because we're all probably recognizing ourselves in that story that you just told of, you know, maybe we, we are doing some things that we don't like the outcomes. And we're like, but I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to change it. And sometimes that leads us to burnout. And sometimes it leads us to other things that we don't want in our lives. So take us through this. So I think that the first step is to uh, get a better set. So I think we have to think of our unconscious mind um, almost as a co-pilot or a roommate in our head. Um, do you remember the odd couple um, where, where you had, uh, you, you probably, you're probably too young to remember the odd couple. Anyway, it, it was a comedy about two very, very different people. One was very neat and organized and a little bit anal. And the other guy was just all out there. He was a slob and he liked to drink and smoke cigars. And uh, as you can imagine, there was an enormous amount of conflict between the two of them. Uh, but ultimately, they found ways to accommodate each other. And it went from hostility to tolerance to friendship to love. Hmm. And I think that in some ways, that's what we need to do with our unconscious. It's very, very different from us. And it often doesn't cooperate with us but it can be an incredibly powerful ally. So the first step is just to kind of recognize what it's doing. Um, what's going on in your brain that you're not choosing? These include things like emotions, gut feelings, inspirations, and sudden memories of the past. Once we get to know it, we have to start to learn how to work with it productively. And there's many different models we can use. Um, one model is the neuroscience model. We can look at what neuroscience has taught us about the brain and see if there are lessons that we can implement. I think that that's limited simply because the brain is so incredibly complex and neuroscience is still a relatively young discipline. Mm -hmm. So, so is there any other, is the other any source of information about the unconscious mind that we can turn to that perhaps might be more sophisticated than neuroscience? 
And the answer is the ancient traditions of magic. And, and here's why. Here's why. The unconscious mind, as we've spoken about, is incredibly powerful. It's outside of our control, and it is morally ambiguous. Sometimes it helps us in, in jaw-dropping ways, and at other times, it destroys our life by making us act with incredibly poor judgment. Now, what kind of entities do we know about that do that kind of thing, are incredibly powerful and morally ambiguous? And the answer is the pagan gods and other creatures of magic. And that's why we have so many stories about this. That's why these stories have persisted for millennia. If you look at the oldest stories that we still tell today, they're all about magic. They're all about supernatural creatures. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because they resonate with this incredible problem of life that human beings are faced with. And that is that how do we live with this co-pilot in our brain that is sometimes incredibly helpful and sometimes incredibly destructive? And so I think that in our modern times of rationality, when we're using science and technology to master our environment, these ancient ideas of the supernatural really are not very well accepted. But if we want to have the same kind of influence over our external world that science and technology has given us, to be able to translate that into our internal world, uh, to learn how to utilize the gifts that we have internally, it's not reason, logic, and science that's going to take us there. It's literature, poetry, art, and magic. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've got a number of different disciplines that you just mentioned, and we're talking about magic and the supernatural. So what does it all actually mean? And how do we, as, as you say, like use it once we've recognized what our unconscious mind is actually doing? I think what we need to do is, is take a look at some of the products of the unconscious mind, some of the very best products of the unconscious mind and invite those things into our life uh, in a way that will make us more sophisticated about this part of our brain, of our mind, uh, and let us um, deal with it better. So these are going to be things like art and poetry and literature and fairy tales and folklore and music. And, and I think that in today's society, these are, these are kind of second-rate things. These are things you do in your spare time after you've finished with your work and your family responsibilities, uh, if by chance there's a little bit of time left over and you're not spending it scrolling on social media or uh, watching TikTok videos, uh, all right, maybe pick up a, a novel, uh, maybe go to a concert, maybe go to the museum. These are all things that we really do not make priorities. And that's a terrible mistake uh, because these are among the most valuable aspects of our society. And in terms of having a successful, fulfilling life, they are just as important as uh, things like understanding science, understanding mm -hmm. how the natural world works. We also need to know how this psychological, supernatural world works. And so I'm hearing that you have some sort of a recommendation in terms of how often we should engage with these kinds of disciplines like the art and the music so so what is that 
Um, I think that um, it's going to be different for everybody. And when you deal with the unconscious mind, unpredictable things happen. The conscious mind likes things to go down a path in a, a very straight and rational way. Um, you know, I have a goal in life. All right. I'm going to plan out my pathway, strategize how I'm going to get there. And boom, I'm going to go there. And that's one of the wonderful things about our conscious mind, that we do have this rationality and this ability to plan. But we want to avoid becoming one-sided. And we have to realize that just as valuable is the ability to take chances, embark on something without knowing how it's going to turn out, and just trust that something valuable is going to happen. So I, I would say use your gut feeling. What is your gut telling you to do? Is it telling you to pick up a novel? Is it telling you to maybe learn how to play a musical instrument? Mm. Is it telling you to go to the art gallery or, or perhaps go to the art store and buy some watercolors? What is your gut telling you? Do it and just see what happens and, and, and prepare yourself for the unexpected and, and, and see if you can give up control for a little while. So let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to listen to my gut. And, you know, my gut says, put on Rolling Stones. I don't know. Right. Or go to the art museum this weekend. And they do that. And then you're telling them, like, prepare for the unconscious and something uh, or for the unexpected. Right. And and see what happens and all this kind of stuff. Um, what is what is kind of the idea here that what is it going to do for them? You know, kind of big picture. Yeah. All right. So um, it's going to be different for everybody. And, and sure. so I'm just going to tell a story uh, about what might happen with one person to give a sense. Um, so let's say that, let me just use myself. Let's say it was me. Yeah. And I, I said, I, for some reason, I have this gut feeling I want to listen to the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So uh, I put some Rolling Stones music on. And all of a sudden I said, oh my God, I miss my college buddy so much. We used to have mm. so much fun listening to this. So I pick up the phone and give him a call and we just start talking. And I'm talking about a problem I'm having in my life. Yeah. And all of a sudden he says the most insightful thing. And it reactivates a part of my personality that was active in college, but got lost since then. Mm -hmm. But I need that part of my personality now, and now I have it. So my unconscious mind knew that what was lacking was this aspect of my personality was being suppressed because I'm no longer a crazy college kid. Mm -hmm. It knew that the solution to that was my old college friend. And so it created this, this, this feeling of, why don't you listen to the stones? in order to get the ball rolling. That's just one story, you, yeah. you know, all kinds of stories. But the point is that the unconscious mind is thinking many steps ahead um, and it's getting you down the path in very unexpected ways, ways that you would not think of. Okay. Um, and you just need to kind of let go and let it do its thing. Thank you so much for that story because it really helped me understand where you're going with this. Basically, what you're saying is we got to tap into our intuition. We're so kind of focused on our conscious mind and we're planning all these things and we have all these ideas of what's good for us and what we should do. But really, there is a much more powerful piece to us that we need to access and we don't have direct access to it. So what you're saying is open the floodgates, 
expose yourself to all of these things that take you on a journey and know that it will lead you where you need to go. And often I'm sure everybody can relate to this, that we have experiences where we're like, what are the chances that that sort of thing happened that I came across this person or like, I was thinking about this person and then they called me or right. We have all these experiences in life. And really as what you're saying is it is your subconscious mind that is those three or five or 10 steps ahead and knows what's really good for you. And you've got to tune in and listen to that and go with it, even though you may not understand it and you don't necessarily know what is at the end of that road for you. Yes. And if you read fairy tales and myths and folklore, one of the things it emphasizes is that magical creatures can, can help you in amazing ways but they're dangerous. And, and I, I don't want to sugarcoat this. Listening to your intuition and acting on it is dangerous because sometimes what it might do is identify negative things in your life that you don't know are negative and destroy them. So for example, you might be in a relationship that, that maybe your unconscious is not thrilled about. Your conscious perspective is, eh, it's not perfect, but it's good enough. But your unconscious perspective might be, no, this is stopping your growth in life. It, 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 it's getting in the way of your destiny. Uh, we, we tend to use these grand words when talking about the unconscious. So mm -hmm. you listen to your gut and it destroys the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, that will happen sometimes. Um, working with magical creatures, i.e. the unconscious, is dangerous. And you have to be prepared that it's perspective on your life not going to be the same as yours. So what you're really saying is we have to trust our, our unconscious mind. I sometimes want to say subconscious. So maybe you can clarify what is the difference subconscious, unconscious, but really we want to, we want to tune into that and trust that even when on the surface, it's leading us to self-destruction in truth, there is a better, uh, outcome out there for us. And it's, it, we got to go through the destruction of whatever is in order to emerge anew and start to build whatever it is that actually it's leading us towards. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I mentioned in the book is looking at the tarot from a psychological standpoint. And one of the cards in the tarot is the tower and, and it, it, it's the collapse. It's co the collapse of this fortress that you have built around you uh, and, and losing that fortress, losing those defenses that are both protecting you and stopping you from growing uh, is very painful. It's very frightening. But in the tarot, that's what leads to the dawning of the new age, the new golden age of rebirth and renewal. Wow. Okay. So lots of really kind of cool mysticism kind of things going on here. Um, could you take a second just to help us with the definitions of the subconscious versus unconscious? Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in many ways, the conscious mind looks down upon the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is the part of the brain that is closer to the animal nature of human beings and uh, it's much more primitive. Um, you know, if you say, well, which is better, reason or emotion? I think that most Westerners say, oh, reason is much better. Um, and, and, and no, it's not. That's just the conscious mind looking down on the unconscious. 
and, and so we call it the subconscious, like subhuman. Mm. So subconscious is just a way of insulting the unconscious. Oh, interesting. So there really isn't a difference between subconscious and unconscious. It's basically you're either conscious or you're not. Yep. And so unconscious is neutral. It's just unconscious. Whereas subconscious is a judgment. Sub means ah, below. Very interesting. Um, so I don't like subconscious. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh, we're getting ready to wrap up, but I want you to have the opportunity to share um, what your three myths are with regards to burnout and the unconscious mind. So please. All right. Myth number one, the best way to get the most done is to push yourself as hard as possible. No, in order to get the most done, you need to forge a working relationship with your unconscious mind. You can get more done in one hour of flow than you mm. can in half a day of grinding away at something that your unconscious mind is not cooperating with. So basically what you're saying is that flow has to do with your unconscious mind as opposed to your conscious mind. I believe that flow is a state of optimal cooperation between the two. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's that makes when we're sense. at our very best when the yes. two are working together. I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. And so um, probably people want to know, how do I get this cooperation happening between the two? And is that basically I, I think, what you're saying of like listening yeah, to music I, and doing all these kinds of yeah, things? Yeah, I, I think, how, how do you form a friendship? You know, it, it, it's not something, boom, you do, oh, here, here are the instructions. No, you yeah. put in the time to get to know the person you want to be friends with, you learn about them, uh, and, and, and you accommodate yourself to them. Mm. And it, it takes a while. It, it's not something you do overnight. I love this idea of uh, befriending your unconscious mind. And to your point, yeah, it's about spending more time. You know, one of the things I'm a... I'm a formally trained psychologist. One of the things that we talk a lot about with regards to the unconscious is having conversations with that mm -hmm. inner voice, right? We always yeah. hear that voice saying all these things to us, but like talking back and yes. trying to negotiate sometimes of like, hey, you know, I see what you're doing, but it's really not serving me. Would you mind like if we did it this way or, you know, still giving it like power in terms of it has a special role, but if whatever it's doing, is kind of leading us to something that we don't want to kind of uh, re redistribute the responsibilities and so forth. So it's kind of a, to your point, yeah, this idea of bringing the two together. Yeah. You know, more brain circuits are devoted to social interaction than to any other task. Um, and so human beings often work best by personifying things. So mm -hmm. I love the idea of personifying that part of your brain, talking to it, negotiating with it, and trying yeah. to work with it. Love it. Okay. Myth number two. Burnout is always a bad thing. It's always a painful thing. Yes. Uh, but I think that sometimes burnout is your unconscious mind telling you you're going down the wrong path. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, if we are good at listening to our unconscious mind, we, we realize that early and we get off the path and we get on to something better. If we're not so good at it, though, our unconscious mind may have to kick us harder and harder and harder and harder to get us to pay attention. Uh, and and so uh, it can get quite painful after a while. Yeah, I, I think about your story and how you listened and you got out and you made the change and you're like so much happier and more satisfied now 
versus like where you were before you made the change, where you were burned out. I think one of the things that keeps us in these old paradigms is the fear of change and the fear of the unknown, right? And at, to your point, we have to trust that where we're going is maybe not familiar, but it's better for us. Yeah. And we've got to be brave because it is dangerous. It's not going to be a smooth path. We're going to get bumps and bruises, but bumps and bruises are what lead to growth. Um, we, we grow so much more from our failures. Successes, they're lovely and they're wonderful, but they don't, they don't lead to a whole lot of growth. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. And finally, myth number three. Yeah, it's it's related to what we've been talking about. We should try to overcome burnout so we can keep doing the same thing. Sometimes, sometimes there's no hard and fast rules. You know, sometimes we do need to persevere at what we're doing, but other times we need to take burnout as a signal that we're not doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it might require a very large course correction, or it could be something relatively subtle. Uh, we, may, we may need to simply renegotiate a relationship. At work, we may need to take on some slightly different responsibilities or, or, or talk to someone and say, hey, I can't do what I'm being asked to do. This is unreasonable. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is we, we, we shouldn't take uh, Xanax or something like that to simply enable us to keep going in a situation that is clearly not, not helping us. Yeah, because to your previous point, when we aren't listening and we keep keep pushing because in our mind, it's like, I got to accomplish this. I got to get this done. Then the 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 body, which is, you know, largely your unconscious mind kind of screaming at you will start to manifest all of these stress symptoms. And that's where a lot of people get really ill. So it's not just like burnout in the way that we normally think about it, but there've been so many people on the show talking about their burnout story and how they were hospitalized. They had developed all kinds of autoimmune diseases, cancer, like all of this stuff because they weren't listening and so yeah. I love everything that you've shared here today, because it is so true that we need to tune in. But I also like this idea that um, you got to trust where it's taking you, because as I say, burnout is often your wake up call that your life is just you're on the wrong track. And yes, for some people, as we've seen through COVID, some people are going through career changes, people are moving, people are, you know, leaving their relationships, all this stuff. One of the main things that I focus on in my work is your relationship with yourself, because that's the thing that we often put on the back burner. We're always externalizing, focusing on everything that's out there that we need to accomplish or to other people to please, and we neglect ourselves. And so when you're burned out, it's really like, hey, you got to listen to what's going on here. This isn't working for you. And that's where everything you just said, you know, setting the boundaries, saying no, prioritizing, taking things off your plate. Those are things that are going to help you show up differently at work. That's right. And it's hard to do. The easiest it thing is. is just to continue down the road, making a change. It's very same old, same old is, is the easy way, right? Even though yeah. it's painful. So, you know, you've said a number of times how listening and going to this unfamiliar path 
uh, you get these bumps and bruises and, you know, it's dangerous, but I also want to say that staying on a path that doesn't work is very dangerous as well. And so rather than look at it as like a lose, lose, like it's going to be dangerous either way. I think I want to just reframe that, that going, listening to your subconscious isn't, or, or your unconscious rather, isn't that it's dangerous in the sense that it's going to lead you astray, but it's, it's, dangerous in the sense that it might be a painful journey, but ultimately the destination is better for you. And that's where I'd like people to kind of really hold on to this idea. And I encourage you guys to go out there and explore and allow yourselves to have more time for the poetry and the music and the art and all the things that really bring out your unconscious messages that you need to hear. So thank you. Uh, Dan Lieberman for being here with us and sharing with us your most amazing work. And uh, I encourage everybody to get a copy of the book Spellbound. I'll have a link in the show notes. Um, any any final messages in terms of how people can find you or um, people want to reach out and contact you? Where, where should they go? Uh, I've got a YouTube channel and I'm currently doing a series on the psychological understanding of the tarot. And nice. uh, they can learn they can learn all about me on my website, danielzlieberman.com. Fantastic. We'll have a link to that as well. So thank you again for being here uh, and for sharing that. So exciting. And I'm definitely going to be following your work on the tarot. Sounds interesting and exciting. And, uh, you know, just in closing for all of you thinkers, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is not a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. Finally, if you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com. I'll see you right back here next week. Take care.